motivation and recruiting. Two things that go hand in hand. Recruiting is everybody's responsibility, right? How's that car commercial go? Don't believe us? Ask someone you know who drives one. Every single time somebody asks a question, whether it's somebody you know or not, about the Maine Air National Guard or the Air Force, your response, whether you know it or not, is a recruiting aid. We have conversations with friends and family about our jobs and talk about the amazing places we've traveled and the people that we've met. We talk about going to school tuition-free and how that's afforded us opportunities we've never had before. That in itself is a recruiting aid. We work for an organization that paves the way for new experiences and opportunities. In walks innovation. In the past, it's been up to our leaders to decide what's best for the Air Force, but now we all have a say. The ball is in our court to make changes that better and strengthen our fighting force. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exciting. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and this is the Maniac Radio Show. Tech Sergeant Brittany McHugh is a production recruiter for the 101st. It's her job to expand our Maniac family by finding the right career fit for new airmen. She's the expert. We're also going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Decker. You might know him as the Wing Inspector General. However, he's also in charge of our innovation program. You don't quite know what that means? Don't worry, I didn't either. But he explains it. We're going to hear from him in a little bit. So without further ado, let's bring in Tech Sergeant McHugh. Yeah, I went there. Here she is. So where, where are you from? Where, did you go, where were you before you were a recruiter? So I was in the installation personnel readiness office down in building 489. Um, I was born and raised right here in the Bangor area. I went to um, Old Town High School, graduated in 2010. Um, I did a couple years of college, wasn't really sure, you know, what I wanted to do with that. Um, and then doing some research, I kind of found this hidden gem, um, the Maine Air National Guard, which growing up I never even knew existed. <laughs> it was right in my backyard. Um, and I started looking into the benefits that they offered and um, opportunities that they had, and it really piqued my interest. Um, and that is when I decided that it's something that I wanted to do. Um, and I reached out to our recruiting office to Sergeant Sear, who is now my <laughs> supervisor. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he led me through my recruiting process, which led me here. So I've been in the unit for a little over six years now, like I said, working in personnel before I became a recruiter and now have been a recruiter for a little over two years. That's awesome. So unlike a lot of people, you didn't have, you didn't have anybody like close family that were out here that were no no one specifically in the unit out here um my uncle had been in the air force for many years um, and i had chatted with him a little bit about it about being in the guard you know i knew i wanted to stay close to home but i also wanted to serve um, and that is what led me here um, it's a perfect mix of both worlds, getting to stay close to home, but also serve as well. So you, having had now two different career fields uh, kind of under your belt, what's it like um, in your experience? Which, what's it like? How long have you been a recruiter? Let me ask that first. A little over two years two now. Two years, okay. Yeah. And, what, and what's that like? 
Um, it's definitely a fast-paced work environment, that's for sure. Every day is different, um, which I like that about the job. You know, walking in the door every day, you never really know what's going to come across your desk, who you're going to talk to, um, what your day is going to look like. So uh, definitely keeps things interesting every day. Um, I could be talking on the phone with a high school senior, um, with a parent, with someone who is currently serving in the active duty Air Force or another branch of the military who's interested in the Air National Guard. Um, just a variety of different things throughout the day. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned being on the phone with like a, like so like hypothetically, if you were on the phone with an 18 year old, um, you know, fresh out of high school, looking to do something with their life or uh, start a path down uh, maybe maybe going to school for free or, or something like that. So you mentioned having, so you had the potential of having a, a parent on the line with them. So not only in that situation do you have to win that potential recruit over and kind of selling our organization and what the maniac legacy is, but you also have to win, win that parent over. So that's got to be challenging. It is. Sometimes it can be very challenging. You know, as a mom myself, I can completely understand um, why they have some reservations, but that's, you know, why we're here as recruiters. You know, we take pride in the whole application process for our applicants is very open and honest. We want to be able to answer any question that either them um, as the applicant or the parent has so that they know exactly what they're signing up for. Um, we walk them through the entire process, always let them know what their next step is, what they can expect. Um, so that way, you know, they're not coming into any kind of surprise. They know exactly what they're signing up for. Oh, that's cool. And, and again, and it, but the cool thing with your job, though, is that you um, not only do you get to see the rest of the wing, what, how everybody operates, you guys kind of have to be like kind of subject, not maybe not subject matter experts, but you guys need to know. You need to know, you need to be in the know. I guess that's the best way to put it. With all the different jobs out here, what they do, what they're capable of. And and so if I come in and want to talk to you guys about, you know, my interest in electricity, you know that you could I could either go the route of going into CE as being an electrician or maybe being an aircraft electrical. Or Absolutely. Um, it's definitely something I've learned so much from being in this position about what our organization does as a whole. Um I'm definitely not a subject matter expert in every single career field, but I do know, you know, the basics of every career field out here, enough to explain it to our applicants. But something that we offer for our applicants that um, a lot of other branches don't is that we offer what we call shop tours, um, where once we get an applicant qualified and we know exactly what they can do um, for positions out here, um, we coordinate that with the shops that they're interested in joining. So we actually bring them out here, they get to tour the shop, see where they could be working, see what desk they would be sitting at, meet their potential supervisor, um, answer specific questions about what's going to be expected of them on drill weekends, what training could be like, am I going to get deployed? We are able to address those questions right then and there. So that way when they're going through making their decision on what shop they want to join, um, like I said, they know exactly what they're getting into. 
Yeah, and you guys are doing that virtually now too, right? Or can do it Yes, virtually. we absolutely can do it through Zoom, um, over the phone as well. Really whatever is going to work best for our applicants. The shops have been so cooperative in figuring that out. Um, but we definitely want to make sure before they sign their enlistment contract um, that they get those shop tours done and get all their questions answered. Which is imperative, especially now with nowadays, you know, with, with COVID-19 going on, that's, that's a huge um, asset that you guys have at your disposal. Absolutely. Um, One really good thing that has come out of COVID is our system processing has improved greatly. We have a system in place now that allows us to do essentially all of our enlistment paperwork over this um, portal that we have online, our online system. We as recruiters set you up with an account. Um, We go through paperwork with you over the phone, walk you right through how to sign and then send it back to us. We review it um, and then we would sign as well as the recruiter. And then that way you don't have to make an extra trip or even see us in person um, throughout any of the enlistment process really if you if you don't want to yeah that's 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 cool and, and again with COVID-19 going on that's a huge that's a huge benefit to have um, I think before I joined and, and even before I joined in, in, into PA uh, public affairs knowing um, kind of being isolated in my previous career field like I probably would have assumed that recruiters you know your sole job is to bring people in. I think that's a common misunderstanding because now my perspective is not only is your sole job to bring people in, but it's also to find the right fit for your applicants as to where they go to better the organization and to better that individual. So that's a, that's a huge weight on your guys' shoulders, right? Absolutely. We definitely want to make sure that we're taking good care of our applicants and placing them um, in a career field that they're going to be happy in. You know, drill weekend is only one weekend a month, but we want to make sure when you're coming through the gate that one weekend that you're happy to be here, you enjoy what you're doing, um, whether it's something completely opposite of what you do on the civilian side or it, it lines up with that. We just want to make sure that when you come out here, you're happy and excited to be out here, and we hope that you stay here um, for 20-plus years. That's our goal. Yeah, and, 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 and I would imagine, too, there's a customer service aspect of that too as well, right? You want to make sure that... Absolutely. You know, this is the biggest decision that a lot of people make in their lives, one of the biggest decisions. And we want to make sure that we do our best to take care of every single person that we bring through this door because this is, we're the first space that they see out here. Um, And we want to make sure that we are answering every question, um, every concern, Um, and just taking really good care of them from the start of their enlistment process to the day of their enlistment. Are you guys, so I know, I know like after, like say after I enlist, like you guys are kind of hands off because I I don't belong to you guys anymore, right? Like I belong to student flight. But like if I had, if I had questions, like if I had like um, process questions or like my sponsor, their sponsor is still a thing, right? So like if my, if I can't get a hold of my sponsor for whatever reason, or if I'm like at tech school, is, are you guys a resource or like do you guys is that like because I feel like a lot of the my a lot of my reservations would be especially now during the pandemic is knowing having that reassurance that I have an asset available at all times to help me out absolutely uh, day of enlistment we always make sure that our applicant knows who their supervisor is and sponsor coming into it um, But also, we are really the most familiar face that they have at that point throughout their processing. So um, I always make sure I tell them, you know, 
reach out to your supervisor first, sponsor first. But if for some reason, you know, you're not getting that communication, we're always here for you, no matter um, what question you have. If you're waiting to go to basic training, um, have questions about what you should pack, what you shouldn't. Um, how, to, how to ranger like roll some socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there's absolutely no stupid question. Um, we're here for you um, from day one, like I said. So that's absolutely. cool. That's some good reassurance, yeah, especially from like if you have an applicant that doesn't have a, a family member who's been out here or knows nothing about mm-hmm. the main air guard. So absolutely. Um, so let's talk, let's talk real quick about, uh, let's talk about, uh, benefits. So I'm not, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't keep up to speed with what, you know, all the, uh, the sign on bonuses and whatnot are, but how has anything changed? Like what's, what's going on right now with all that? So as far as enlistment bonuses, those go by fiscal year. Um, so we get new guidance on that every single year. Uh, but as far as school benefits, the, one of the biggest benefits we have out here as, um, drill status guardsman is the main state tuition waiver. Now, no matter what career field you join, um, what rank you come in at, you are eligible to use that waiver. Um, and that is 100% tuition to any of the University of Maine schools, any of the community colleges. Maine Maritime is covered 100%. Yeah, that's huge. Which is, yeah, that is amazing. Um, and then also Husson and Thomas are a part of that as well. Um, they will pay up to, I believe it's 293 per credit hour. Um, if you are a member of the Maine Air National Guard. And that's just coming out here, um, joining, going to basic training and tech school, and then just being a drill status guardsman. So coming to that one drill weekend a month, and then the rest of the month, you can be a full-time college student. So so for, the, for those listening, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the way I'm understanding that, like, so if, if, I, if I was looking, or if you're looking to join the service, and, you want, and you're kind of tossing it up between active duty and, and the Maine Air National Guard, Active duty, if I wanted to go to school, I would have that FTA um, at my disposal. FTA is Federal Tuition Assistance. I could go to school wherever I am stationed um, for free. But the, cat, the, the the problem with that, in my opinion, is that you're also working full-time and that you may not have the time or, you know, or the opportunity to go to school full-time as well. The, the, the benefit that you guys or that we offer here is that you can be a traditional. You're obligated to two weeks a year, a week, one week in a month. And you still can go to school for free. Like, that's huge. Yeah, and it's something that when I'm talking to a lot of high school seniors or even um, people that have recently graduated, they just don't even realize that that's an option for them. They think they have to choose one or the other um, if they want to stay here in Maine and pursue their education. Um, they think that they have to put that on hold if they want to join the military. They don't realize that they can actually do both, stay right here in Maine, attend college full-time, and serve as well. I know there's a guy, I won't name him, but there's an individual that works up with Chief Thurlow. I interviewed a while back that um, he, that's that's why he's here. That's why he's, he, he gets to serve, but he's also going to school. He's going to, I think he's going to UMO. Um, for free, and that's huge. I know. I know the University of Maine has, uh, you know, and always has had had uh, out of staters come in to go to school, um, just like every other college out. And, you know, so do you guys ever have people that come, they go and enroll into the University of Maine, but then say, 
oh wow, that's cool. I didn't realize Maine National Guard is here. Oh, by the way, they would pay for my school. So they might be from like Ohio or something, but yeah. ne never stepped foot in Maine, but they joined the Maine Air Guard. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, we work with people who are in their senior year looking at their future plans, applying to schools up, th up this way in the state of Maine. Um, and hear that we will pay 100% tuition if they are a member of our unit. Um, so we call, um, chat with them and their parents, and I actually have an applicant that's coming in next week. He lives in Massachusetts, who's recently accepted to the University of Maine Orono, um, and wants to take a tour of the base, um, just planning his next steps and how to get there. So yes, it happens all the time. So so you get to travel, you get to be paid to travel. Yes, to paid travel, paid training, which is a big deal. Mm. Um, definitely a great resume builder for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so other than tuition and sign-on bonuses, what else, what else do you guys have to offer right now? So obviously serving close to home is a big, a big deal like we just talked about. Um, but also we take a lot of pride in our family-like atmosphere out here. You know, we take such good care of our members. Um, leadership out here is so supportive of um, not only your career path out here, but on the civilian side as well. Um, and whatever goals you have, they want to make sure that they're helping you reach that. Um, whatever path out here that helps you get there, um, navigating that. Um, you know, and if you don't mind too, like once uh, once I put this out, which will probably be before this weekend, um, I'm going to put a link in the description for your guys' contact information. If that's absolutely. something you guys want. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, um, right now we're very restricted on as far as, you know, we don't have any career fairs going on, <laughs> um, anything like that. Schools obviously want to um, keep their students protected, so they're not really um, having as much um, like classroom visits, guidance office visits um, that we were able to do before. So we are trying to reach out to them virtually to set up um, meetings through the guidance office with any interested students. Uh, so before where we could easily just call up a school and say we're going to be in the area on this day is it okay if we stop in um, they would make an announcement to the school and we would get sometimes 10 15 20 students piled into a room and talk to them about the guard um, whereas now we don't really have that luxury. Um, so we're trying to do things virtually, um, but the best uh, lead generation source that we have are unit referrals. So people who are already out here in the unit, whether they've been out here for years or they've recently enlisted, um, we really depend on them a lot. If they know someone in their life that can benefit from the guard, um, then we definitely strongly encourage you you give them our information, reach out to us. We would love to talk to them. Um, but yeah, we have social media pages as well. Uh, our main Air National Guard recruiting page on Facebook. Um, we also have the main Air National Guard recruiting uh, Instagram page as well. So if you aren't already following us, <laughs> go on there, like the page. Uh, we try to post daily on there. Um, answer some commonly asked questions, but that's definitely a good resource if you are looking for more information. And I'll, I'll put those links in there as well, so that way it's just it's just one more resource. What what else can we do? What else can the rest not PA, but what else can the can the wing do to help you guys out other than unit referrals? I mean, it's really easy. Just just have a conversation with someone about the guard. It's really that easy. Um, a lot of people, like I said, even when I was growing up, I didn't even know it was out here. 
Um, so when someone's kind of looking for their next step, um, whether they're a high school senior or they're in college and they're just not really sure, um, just have the conversation, let them know that we're here uh, and just talk to them about how, you know, it's benefited your life and your family and the experiences that you've had. That's, that's awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and make sure if you have questions or if you know somebody who has questions about the, uh, the Maniar Guard um, and possibly joining, to get a hold of Sergeant uh, McHugh and her, and her team and, and they'll point you in the right direction. So thank you. Thank you. A big thanks to Tech Sergeant McHugh for taking the time to do that interview please remember to pitch the maniacs as much as you can. Send someone her way and she'll send them on the right path. It's crazy to think that someone's prestigious career, 15, 20, 25, 30 year career, all starts with a recruiter. That's a huge weight on their shoulders. Let's help them out. Up next, Colonel Decker on innovation. So really what we're doing uh, for innovation, it all started in 2018, where each guard wing was given uh, approximately $100,000 uh, to come up with uh, bigger, better, brighter ways of doing business uh, to keep up with our, our near peer uh, competitors. Uh, this, uh, for the wing, for the first, uh, the first go around, we were able to procure a um, a small UAS system for security forces. Uh, this is about seventy thousand dollars. Those are dro uh, those are little, drones. Little drones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> after after doing this, uh, we had a, a member, uh, Mass Sergeant Irabino, uh, identified by NGB and then half um, as a subject matter expert, and he wound up going to the Pentagon for uh, I believe it was for a one year tour. Um, to do policy, et cetera, for the Air Force drone program. Uh, so another great example of maniacs leading the way. The, uh, again, if it wasn't for innovation, that never would have happened. Um, but it just, uh, it just showed that leadership support behind these important ideas uh, really helps to, uh, to emphasize what the maniacs do on a day-to-day -day basis. So 2019, uh, that, that year, again, we had 100000 provided. Uh, maintenance, uh, the, the metal fabrication shop submitted a request for a 3D printer. Uh, the one that they had had in place for uh, several years was really just, um, it wasn't up to producing aircraft quality uh, prototypes. So uh, the, I believe the TO, their big air force was coming out with a, a plan to um, produce prototype quality parts at the unit level. Um, they had identified a printer that was approximately $200,000. Um, and then again, through coordination with me, maintenance, NGB, uh, we were able to get uh, $210,000 for this 3D printer. Uh, for 2019. So again, you know, it's it's more than just one person doing it. It takes a team. Uh, if we were able to lay out exactly what we wanted to do with it, present a concept of operations, 
and saying this is how it could better the KC-135 fleet. Uh, NGB jumped on board and that brought, brings us to 2020. Um, this time each wing was given 75,000 and w what we decided to do was uh, push forward a um, expansion to the Axis uh, capability of the 3D printer, which again, robust that um, the prototype part production. Uh, and then in December, we just uh, linked up our subject matter expert, Tech Sergeant Chris Look, with the, the folks out at ArcWorks, um, who are the ones that do innovation for the National Guard Bureau. Uh, and they've put together a plan for days and dollars for him to continue developing the concept for additive manufacturing technologies at the unit level. So, so uh, <clears throat> to kind of sum that up, because I, I, you know, listening to everything you just said, that's a lot of information. But like, but for someone like me who who isn't in those realms or in that in that in those career fields, like it seems like it, it seems like it's a pretty big deal. And, and I've met Tech Sergeant Look, um, and I've interviewed him before. Like, in, and it's like. It's like one of, those, one of those situations where you're talking to somebody you're like, okay, this dude is like 15 times smarter than I am. Um, and you can tell he is. So having him on the project's a big deal. And we're not talking about a 3D printer like um, something I can go right now onto like walmart.com and buy for 200 bucks. Like this thing is the real deal and I've seen it working. Uh, and so these are ideas, and correct me if I'm wrong, sir, but these are ideas that our airmen here at the wing have brought to you into leadership um, to, to make the workforce, like you said earlier, a better and brighter place to work, right? Definitely, That's definitely. Great. And that and it really goes to, that expands on the the importance and the um, the creativity in the guard because uh, a lot of our drill status guardsmen pull from their civilian jobs. Um, Tech Sergeant Look, as an example, is a nuclear engineer on the outside. No big deal. So, yeah, so, you know, you have that that minor intellectual advantage as a <laughs> nuclear engineer, plus your engineering background, and, and it just really helped him uh, come up with that that solution. Um, but there's more out there, right? Every Everybody has some type of unique skill that they bring to, to drill, and um, it's really capitalizing on that stuff because the people who've been out here in the Guard wearing the uniform for 20, 25, 30 years, we have, we have grown up following AFIs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right? But it's, it's, it puts your mind in a, in a structured environment. In innovation, if you can't break yourself out of that structured environment, you can't innovate. So um, the, right now, the big limitation is, is getting the ideas in front of the wing commander for him, to, him or her to pick from and say, all right, yes, this is, this is the direction we want to head. This is where we want to invest that seventy-five or a hundred thousand um, dollars, and again, it's that that money is set aside by the National Guard Bureau specifically for innovation. The only way we spend it is by submitting an innovation idea um, for funding. Kind of shifting gears slightly in this same podcast, we're going to hear from one of the production recruiters here from the wing. So, from a recruiting standpoint, I would think that uh, that you know having knowing that. There's a, there's a program here at the wing that allows fresh and young and new ideas to come forth and come to fruition. Um, that, that's pretty cool. If I was an 18 or 22 year old out of college looking for new ideas, because say maybe dad, my dad has been out here for X amount of years and he, I know the process is secondhand from him hearing about it. I may have a new fresh idea for, for that chief or that commander to, to maybe entertain and I can make a difference. And I think to me, that's exciting. 
Yes, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. It's uh, again, being supported by leadership at all levels is the is the number one um, number one measure of success. Uh, without that support, it doesn't happen because then the ideas don't flow up um, to the wing level. So, uh, and yeah, it would be a great recruiting incentive to say, hey, look, you can contribute. Also, there, there is still the Air Force um, IDEA program, which if you, if you recognize or identify some way to improve a process or save money, you can submit it through the IDEA program. And if you're in the correct status, you may get a check back from the Air Force for the amount of money or time that you'd save by submitting this idea. I knew that was a thing at one point. I didn't realize we were still doing that. That's pretty yep, cool. it's still out there. <laughs> What's the process like? Like, So say if I have this really crazy idea that no one's ever heard of, probably never gonna happen by the way, but say someone else does, has this crazy idea that nobody's ever heard of, um, and you, I wanna submit that going moving forward for, uh, for to, have it, to have it be entertained. From start to finish, is it a painful process? Uh, not at all. So it really just starts with um, an email to me. Uh, so just explain what the what your idea is. If you have some market research that says you know it'll cost the wing twenty thousand dollars, throw that in there. Uh, any cost savings associated with it or improving any process that helps. Um, but j just reaching out to me and I can get the ball rolling and. Um, ask more more refined questions as it goes along. Uh, pretty pain painless. The, the biggest thing to remember is that when I bring it to the wing commander, it's pretty easy to understand based on the information that the submitter provided. So the more the info, the better. So what, what kind of information should we be doing? Or should I, I guess the better question would be, should supervisors and individual commanders be doing coming from a commander uh, um, and, and given your experience and kind of the head of the program, what, what, so what should we be doing to try and help pitch that to, say, our DSGs? Because I, I, guarantee, I guarantee, you know, and it's no slight on anybody, but I, I, probably some people out here have never even heard of it or know about it. Um, what should, what should so are there some things that we could be doing differently? So, so it's, re it's really hard to say because we're in such a, um, a communication-limited uh, environment with with the pandemic if if supervisors or commanders are doing um, commanders calls through teams that'd be a great time to bring it up um, really the supervisors should be in touch with their their DSGs um, at least once a month and that's uh, you know just remembering to mention it and to give a brief description uh, I think really will go a long way Plus this podcast, because I know everybody follows your, your podcast. Until I start to drone out, and then, um, yeah. and then I, <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. That's, that's good to know. Is there, is there anything you'd like to add as far as the innovation program goes, sir? Anything you'd like to talk about we didn't, we didn't mention? One of the big initiatives that the wing will probably be seeing in the next uh, 8 to 12 months is uh, continuous process improvement which sometimes if your process is going great or there's something that isn't funded by NGB or the wing, um, if there is a way to improve that process, innovation uh, can step in to help. It just, we would not, we need to know about it, that's all. Okay. So uh, as, our, as the Greenbelt program starts building, building speed and, and momentum, uh, think about how those 
two are complementary and we can use innovation to fix uh, or improve our processes at the wing. Is that what, it, so you mentioned Greenbelt, I know Sergeant Deploy mentioned as well, like, can you just give, what, what is that? Yeah, so Greenbelt is the, it's the first step of becoming an Air Force certified continuous process improvement um, practitioner. Uh, the, so the green belt is the first step. It's a online course, uh, I think 40 to 45 hour commitment. Uh, after that, there needs to be a project approved um, and monitored and mentored. Uh, and that could be any, any type of uh, process improvement project. There's certain steps you have to go through, certain blocks to check, and then you'll, you'll become a certified green belt. Next step after that would be a black belt. Um, you, I don't believe there'll be too many identified at the wing, maybe maybe less than six. Uh, but again, it's, it's another classroom uh, commitment to that and then another project on top of that, which would be more complex than the Greenbelt project. And the whole idea there is to build a continuous process improvement culture uh, so it becomes second nature to be able to say, all right, there's waste in this project. Uh, so let's, let's trim, the, trim the fat here and there, and we have a, an improved process. Uh, it really comes down to uh, leadership's respect for airmen's time, uh, because we're not, we're not gaining full-time resources, we're not gaining uh, additional funding. Uh, so we have to do something, and really the most valuable asset we have out here is, is time. Um, and it's really the only thing we can control um, compared to the other two. So if we look at it from that lens, um, I think it's something we can all get behind and support uh, CPI across the wing um, and really maybe give some time back to our airmen and make things flow a little bit smoother. I would imagine that part of that process, the challenging part is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is establishing that environment where letting, empowering our, our airmen and our, and our younger generation to, to have the, um, not the motivation, to have the, uh, the means or the resources to come forward with new and fresh ideas or to speak up when they think something may, may, may be worth trimming the fat on because coming, you know, from, from my old career field is speaking you know, to a you know to a, an E seven or above was always a little bit intimidating, and, and what, you know, and having especially having a fresh new idea because it may have been an environment that was that may have been shunned. So moving away from that, not to say that that's that's the way it is now, but um, if it is, I can imagine that would be a, a challenge. So it, it probably starts from the top, right? That's right, and um, it really, it really, again, I'm going to stress it again that the the supervisors and commanders. It's, there needs to be a conduit of support and, and communication for innovation. There shouldn't be, there should not be a supervisory or unit level approval, disapproval process for innovation. If somebody has an idea, it's okay, great. Here's, here's Lieutenant Colonel Decker's email address. That's, that's really how short it should be. Uh, there is an innovation org box um, again, I can't remember the address right now. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I'll push, a, I'll push out an email again wing-wide to all members uh, after this podcast is aired. And uh, this just as a reminder, um, this is the process and please submit your ideas. So. Once we do publish this in the description, can I put, could I put your contact information? Oh, you sure can. Okay. okay. And, I'll, and I'll provide you the, 
the uh, innovation org box as well. And so, uh, other than that, sir, what's is there anything going on in IG you want to talk about at all? Or no, no. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, Roger. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. Thanks for talking about the innovation program. There's, there are certain things that I, I didn't, I certainly didn't know. So, thank you for enlightening all of us on that. But I sure do, and thank you for your time and what you do. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks again, Colonel, for educating us on how that process works. Now that we both have recruiting and innovation on our minds, let me share with you really quick my opinion on how they're related. I remember being 17 and being hungry for that illustrious adult lifestyle, right? Moving out of your parents' house, finding a job or going to college, being challenged, but most importantly, working towards something I want to do while progressing through my career. Now more than ever, with the implementation of our innovation program, New members of the main Air Guard have the opportunity to pitch new ideas and really beat that progressive drum. Spread the word, please, guys, come on. Supervisors, commanders, tell your troops about the program, please. Maniacs, tell your friends, tell your family. There's no better time to join than right now. All right, climbing off that horse for a second. Drill is here, mostly virtual from what I understand. Make the most of it. Get some training done, CBTs, those sorts of things. Take the time to reach out to your airmen or your battle buddies. Ask them how they're doing, how their families are doing. Take the time. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Divids, YouTube by searching 101STARW. Check out the recruiters pages as well. I'm going to link them in the description below. Like, share, promote, please. Just do it. Stay safe out there in the winter weather. If you have questions about winter safety, reach out to the dynamic trio in our safety office. It's better to be safe than sorry. And that's all I've got. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll see you next month.